Tuesday, January 14th, 2020. Well, 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 another week, another dollar. Welcome back to all you beautiful people. Thanks for joining us here at End of Regulation for episode 43, Return of the Notorious. This is End of Regulation for those of you who don't know, a new era of podcasts for sports and entertainment. Let's go ahead and meet the stew crew behind the movement. Live from Richmond, Tommy Lasagna. How we doing, kid? I'm good. I'm uh, just reminiscing on that number there, episode 43. Granted, this is quote-unquote season two. Like, we've got to be close to 100 episodes by now. It's pretty good. We should probably look into that. we got to have I, a little celly for that. I would, I would say we're well over 100. If you think about when we started, like, on SoundCloud and... All that kind of stuff. Those, we were SoundCloud wow. rappers wow. for a while. Back we were SoundCloud day. rappers, and look at us. We moved up to iTunes, Spotify, um, and that's you, about it. You but, mean. like, you know, the point remains, yeah. We're, Harry uh, Douglas, how we doing, kid? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. I, How's uh, everything up in Nueva York? Eh? Nueva York is all right. I had a homeless guy. I was on the train uh, coming home on the 6th train, and this homeless guy gets in right next to me and like I like to stand next to the door because I don't like to grab onto the rails because I don't know I'm guessing like I'm more of a germaphobe than I used to be but um anyways this homeless guy gets on the the, the subway next to me he smells terrible and he turns around not to me but he turns like to the to the uh, glass and he just goes don't fucking touch me <laughs> and I'm like okay and then he goes I'm gonna murder someone and then he go and then I'm like now I'm really not me. You know, now, now my heart, now my heart's like starting to pump, like pump up a little bit. Like I'm clutching my fist. I'm like, if this dude like touches me or comes at me, because now he's like kind of talking to the whole you know subway car, being like, I'm gonna murder someone. Don't fucking that's, touch that's me. When, and I'm like, I'm I just like, dude, you're gonna get like if you I'm touch leaving. anybody, you're gonna get absolutely just probably killed yourself. Oh man, just because like, good old what do you do? York what do you do? City vigilante work. Right, like, but if, you know, it's a homeless person, they're obviously mentally deranged. If they, like, touch you, like, you're going full survival mode, doing what you got to do to... You're certainly getting oh, yeah. a disease. Yeah, you yeah gotta, but, like, you I'd rather get a disease than, than die. Okay, or even, or even better yet, get beat up by a homeless person. You, there's no there's no coming back from that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a bad no, look. Bad no look. No doubt about that. All right, well, let's kick it off and uh, entertain these fine people. I think Joe Flacco is actually a very elite quarterback. I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. You got my vote. Number one man, greatest quarterback of all time, hands down, Tom Brady. Derek all right, ladies and gentlemen, we want you all to know what's going down tonight. So we've got an agenda to wrap off for you we're starting off here with entertainment we've got a good would you rather to throw out to warm us up some movie trivia harrison vs tom once again we've got action classics this time antonio brown saga continues we're going to touch on that a little bit and we'll wrap it up with some more humorous stories for you we've got some good stuff in the world of sports college football national championship God damn, was that electric. We have to recap it for you, give you our thoughts and opinions. We've got the MLB cheating scandal, everything that's going on, and obviously some NFL championship weekend picks ending with some UFC 246. 
So let's go ahead and kick it off here with some warm-ups. I was thinking about it today, about the different perks, about the money that comes with it, the lifestyle. Would you rather be a celebrity or a professional athlete? Well, And I'm talking about not the Michael Jordans of the world, but... Like a successful athlete? Like, yeah. Like a, a Paul Pierce. Of, of any of any sport? Of any sport. I mean, I'd rather be a, I'd rather be a professional athlete. Yeah. Well, aren't athletes and celebrities like one and the same? Do you mean like a movie star or like an actor? Yeah. Sorry, yeah. To, to specify like an actor or an actress. <clears throat> I would, yeah. I mean, this is hard not to just take athlete. I don't really know. I, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm more in touch with the athlete side because it's... It's what Tom wanted to be until he was about 18 and realized that he wasn't as good as the other kids at sports. That he loved that he loved booze and women. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that too. Didn't amongst, help. amongst other things. That's why I didn't. No, but, that's why I didn't but make it. In in a more serious uh, on a more serious note, I honestly, truthfully think that I would pick celebrity. And obviously, when you first look at it, athlete is like, oh man all the fame that comes with it everyone always idolizes athletes but celebrities man they roll in read a script make so they make about the same amount of money in one movie that a professional athlete does in a year yeah that's true and there's I mean, it's a good there's point. no like physical rock, hazards if you're taking the rock in, in, into uh into account that guy makes 45 movies a year <laughs> not to mention like the like cameos or not even cameos but like the the promotions he does like the video for lsu oh. the bad baddest Outra- motherfucker outrageous. ufc belt like he gets paid you know money hand over fist for stuff like that however i will say the problem that i would have being a celeb like a, a movie star you can you can really escape like that's true the, the public eye that's um, true like I, I walk around new york city and and i don't really don't, i'm not i don't look for like famous people i don't really care to be honest but if you're like a high, if you're like a ranger player in New York City, no one is going to recognize you unless you're Henrik Lundqvist. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I think that's the beauty of sports that have helmets. I I think like people know you and you're an icon, but if they walk by you on the street, you could be like, that's just an average dude with swag or yeah, with exactly. Money. You would never know. You would never know. Yeah. Quite frankly, uh, but to be specific, I'd rather I'd rather be a professional golfer. Hands I down. was about to say honestly, the more That'd I think about it, I would take a golfing job because. I agree with you. I don't know if I could just constantly be plastered on on uh, media sites like fucking up and yeah, having my life dissected. Yeah, that wouldn't be that much fun. But a pro golfer, I, you know, if like the the initial thought was like athletes work their asses off to do what they do and most of them afterwards don't have a body to show for it. Um and some of them in some cases don't have a mind to show for it, you know. Mm, also true. And, and so I think, honestly, you guys have completely swayed me, and I would take pro golf, and I'm out. Not to mention, I think memorizing the script and acting is, like, a lot harder than it looks. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I like, it is, but then you think about people like Seth Rogen. And like Seth Rogen's Rob- so talented. No, I'm not saying they're not talented, but I'm saying, like, if that guy can do it, I think other people can do it acting he's he's super talented in terms of writing and and producing but like 
Like that's true. You know, at the end of the day. But I, I think, yeah. But he's he's done it well enough where, like, when he's acting, I'm I'm pretty convinced he's just being himself. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah yeah. I think they like bring him in and they're like, "This is how we want you to act," and he's like, mm, "I'm just gonna laugh a couple times and people are gonna love it and." You're gonna make a ton of money. <laughs> yeah, and I'm out. Done. Yeah. Sign here. All right. Well, um, let's move on here on the topic of movies and celebrities. I've got some trivia here for you guys. Last week we did comedy classics. This week we're going to kick off action movies. Um, I've got 10 questions starting off from fairly easy, moving into difficult. And there's one sudden death card, depending on obviously how this pans out. Mm -hmm. Bring it. All right, gentlemen. Let's kick it off. Like I said, super easy. What is Tony Stark's superhero alter ego? Uh, Iron, Iron Man. Man. Harrison won Tom what? Zero. What? That was mutual. Mm-mm. Which actor stars in the Transporter film series? Jason Statham. Harry 2, Tom Zero. In the Matrix, what color pill does Neo take? Blue. Red. Harry 3, Tom Damn Zero. <laughs> Uh, what were Drew Barrymore, Lucy Liu, and Cameron Diaz collectively? Charlie's Angels. Jesus Christ. Which movie franchise centers on the character Ethan Hunt? Uh, Mission Impossible. In what film would you find the character Tyler Durden? Fight Club. Iceman, Goose, and Viper, all characters in what movie? Maverick. Uh, Top Gun? Tom. (laughs) Thanks, Harrison. Memphis and Sway are both characters in which 2000 film? Gone in 60 Seconds. Yep. What? How the fuck do you know that? I actually watched that like a couple days ago. Yeah, dude. Which 2004 film? (laughs) Which 2004 film featured Denzel Washington and Dakota Fanning? Out of Time. Nope. Man on Fire. Yes. Damn it. In what I film... always mix those two up. They're very similar in a weird way. In what film did Keanu Reeves play a federal agent called Johnny Utah? Oh, don't tell me. Hold on. I got this. I don't know. It's with, uh, John it's with Patrick Swayze. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's with Patrick Swayze. Uh Shoot, what's the name? It's like an action. It's like the surfing action shit. What's the name of it? I'm, I'm blanking. Al- here's an alternative. Which actress starred as a title character in the 2014 film Lucy? Charlize Theron. No. Uh, uh Scarlett Johansson. Correct. The first <sighs> answer Jesus, was Keanu, uh, to the Keanu Reeves question was Point Break. Point Break. Damn it. And the last one I have here, which was a tiebreaker, but I'll throw it out just for fun. Which 2008 film by the Coen Brothers won the Academy Award for Best Picture? Harrison. 2008 Best Picture? Here's a hint. There was a murder weapon that they used to put cows down. Ugh. Um... A gun? Gun? 
is the movie no country gun? for old men all right we're not, we're not doing any more of these movie Actually, trivias that was bad well, tom nine, i just wiped the floor with one. you but um i've actually never seen no country for old men oh wow must it's actually it yeah great movie yeah. all right um yeah well let's move on it is clear that harrison is beyond dominant movie nerd all, all stupid movie, movie nerd Let's move on. Maybe next week I'll send them over to you, Tom, and Harry and I can go head to head. Maybe because I'm Gardner, I'm no yeah. use here. Gardner thinks he's better than me. We'll see. We'll see. Um, all right. Well, let's talk about somebody who thinks they're better than everybody, and that is Antonio Brown. Uh, the saga continues, and this is called Brown's Bender. Um, started off with claiming that the Saints brought him out for a workout as a publicity stunt. He then agreed to fight YouTube sensation Logan Paul in Vegas, has posted videos of him sparring since, uh, bashed former teammate Juju Smith-Schuster for having an off year, and most recently, we come to his Instagram tirade uh, against his baby mama in front of his children and what looked to be about 15 police officers um he was quoting you wish you could take me laughing at one of the officers size um there were quotes that said there was a bag of dicks that was thrown at the baby mama yeah. i believe there's <laughs> yeah those like those gooey like gummy candies like... or gummy candies of dicks yeah. and that was thrown um I'm not surprised. What I am surprised about is that I think this is the first time that he's been publicly exposing his uh, insanity in front of his children. And he's saying some pretty unforgivable things and just setting an awful example. Um, this guy needs to be put on lithium or a heavy dose of medicinal marijuana because your time's up and we need you to just go away quietly. Yeah, I mean, this is this is what happens when you surround yourself with yes men in your life, and you just have nobody to keep you centered or grab the reins. Like, does he really not have a single friend or close family member that's like, "Yo, you need to you need to chill here." This it, like it's just embarrassing to watch. I couldn't even finish the video. Like, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I couldn't believe everything he was saying in front of his kids to police officers who were there just trying to defuse the situation. And I don't. I'm sure there's more than meets the eye with his baby mama and it's, you know, money and child support and all that good stuff that I'm sure she's trying but to get she, but, more out of him. But she's still but... entitled to all, like, all of those things. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I guess she was evicted from the house, so there is some question as to why she was there getting into a Bentley. But the bottom line is you handle this in court. This is why we have these set in place. And you have a lot of money, and it's clear she doesn't. So just handle this the appropriate way. Nobody fucking cares about what you have to say, and nobody needs to see it on film. He's got a whole lot of money, according to his new hit single now on YouTube. Whole lot of money. Go check it out. And he's he's just, I mean, it's quite sad. frankly, like they need tragic. to do like some sort of like brain scan because this dude, no doubt, has some early stage CTE or or just whatever you want to call it, just brain problems. Like his. His his brain is like malfunctioning like before our eyes. 
They need to save that ship for science. Yeah, and quite like it sucks. I mean, you know, he goes to the Pats. I mean, not that like his influence on the Pats was like for very long, but still, you see that you know they lose in the first round of the playoffs. The Saints lose in the in their first playoff game. Like it's like everything he touched turns to shit. Like even no matter like what amount of influence he has on it. Yeah. yeah. No, truly. I, I imagine that any brands or companies that associate with him are probably also going to go to shit. I, th- I think he's going the XFL. I think Vince McMahon's just going to reach out and be like, hey, do you want to be the face of this league? Do you want to act like a fucking psychopath? Oh, you already do? Well, do you want to continue yeah. to do it and get paid? Come on in. Yeah. Come on in. Him and Ocho Cinco will be great teammates. <laughs> throw throw in Ray Lewis and bring in Ray, you know, or yeah, Ray Rice and throw in Ray Lewis from retirement, and you've got just a an eclectic crew. <laughs> Call up Josh Gordon, man. He needs a job too. Poor um, Josh. I I, I do I hope Josh were... Gordon figures his shit out because at least he's not out in the open like all of this AB shit is. Yeah, yeah. Gordon's a little. He actually seems like a good guy. That's kind of just like, I mean, first of all, he's stuck in a league that has marijuana as a banned substance when it probably shouldn't because all of them have been coming out trying to say like you need to take marijuana off because all you guys do is just prescribe us copious amounts of painkillers then we get addicted to them and then you know everything spirals out of control yeah well i need to take i need to get i need to take roger goodell's job i think i'm gonna gun for that that guy next career move his job like yesterday dude he makes you know he makes like 45 million dollars a year Oh, God. Give me that. To um, be hated by the entire <laughs> yeah, United mutu- States population? Mutually hated amongst every football fan in the world. Mm-hmm. Well, I will tell you who recently also spiraled out of control after a loss to the Titans. Uh, Julian Edelman was recently arrested for vandalism after he stomped on the hood of a Mercedes. Uh, Edelman was out that night drinking with friends, ex-Celtic Paul Pierce and former teammate Danny Amendola. Danny just happy to be fucking with the boys. Um, (laughs) I I follow that guy on Instagram and it's like he just so desperately wants to be loved and like part of a squad like he, he used to be. And I think like having been in Miami and Detroit, he's like, dude, these cities are just. Yeah. He loses. He loses his girlfriend, who's like arguably the hottest girl in the world, to Christian McCaffrey. Everything like, just went to shit. <laughs> yeah, that's, things have really taken a dark turn since he left New England. I gotta commend him for not freaking out like Antonio Brown. I, I, I would if I was in that situation. Yeah, I think I would too. Fuck. Um. Well, what was funny about this is that Tom Brady tweeted a picture of a TB12 energy shot. He tagged Edelman in it, and he suggested that he may need it. Uh, after his night of drinking so i i like regardless of your feelings on the guy i love the culture i think these guys are genuine friends uh and far enough to be trolling each other on twitter i love it i need to see more of it well not the arrest part but i like seeing the (laughs) the outside of football side of these guys it just makes them it makes them you know just more likable on the field Unless, further, unless they're doing dumb shit like this. Further, furthermore, proves your guy's point about being a professional athlete. Can you imagine just like chilling at a bar with Paul Pierce and Danny Amendola? Not, not a bad Tuesday night. 
yes, dude it was cool. like when it was like when eli and and daniel jones and saquon barkley went out in uh to some uh bar in hoboken like I, just yeah, a, like a regular bar cup. yeah i'm just playing flip cup and chilling like i would i would be beside myself if i was in that bar and those guys just walked in yeah no i mean what's even cooler to me is the fact that a lot of these and we saw it and and this is a great way to transition into the college football national championship but just like pro athletes showing up repping their old schools being in the locker room like it's crazy because and, and we'll get to it but some of the videos that came out in the locker room with like zeke and odell and stuff some of these kids seemed like not even faced i mean like which is crazy because if you think about it, yes, they're college athletes going to the NFL as well, and you know they just won a national championship. But the bottom line is like Zeke and Odell are like two of the premier athletes in the fucking NFL, and they kind of were just like they were like it was like a blessing for Odell and Zeke to be there. You yeah, know what I mean, <laughs> I didn't really understand. I didn't understand why Zeke was there. I didn't understand it, but I was gonna. The reason I brought this up is because Zeke could be the most unique, weird fucking dude in the world. Like his he's a weird hair, dude. His hair, his bull ring, like it, bizarre. Yeah, he's and, a weird. Like dude. his, like his fucking just endless stare into the camera with that that smile when they were they were like filming him. He was like, he yo, you know what's kind of interesting now to think about back to that video. He seemed kind of awkward to be in the locker room. Yeah, I think he was super uncomfortable. Yeah, like he was standing against the wall. They come up with the, the camera to him, and he like doesn't know what to do, so he just like shows like the national championship tattoo <laughs> he has. It's like I got mine. I'm good. I'm good. Which I do respect. Yeah. He's like I, I did it first, so well, he was definitely uh, a little uncomfortable there. Let's go ahead and kick it off and talk about someone who wasn't uncomfortable, and that's Joe fucking Burrow, baby. Uh, add into the resume Heisman win, uh, Heisman Trophy winner. Western Division Trophy winner, National Championship Trophy winner. Uh, he went for 31 for 49, 463 yards, six touchdowns, and zero interceptions. Um, just an absolute stellar performance. I do want to hear from both of you guys because this is where it gets interesting, contradicting opinions. I'll let Tom start off here and uh, let Joe kind of bask in the glory. Yeah, I mean, you said it yourself. That stat line is incredible against the Clemson defense that ranked among some of the best we've seen in the last 20 years and against a team that hasn't lost in over two years. Like The, the accolades of last night go on and on and on. And that clip of him just puffing a cigar, like stone-faced, stone-cold, soaking it all in, absolutely incredible. That will be an iconic picture in sports history. And I think this is just the beginning for Joe Burrow. Uh, it's it's clear that, you know, he's the best in college football um, on one of the best college football teams I have ever seen in my lifetime. Probably one of the best teams to go down in history. One of four teams to finish 15-0 and or better. And, I mean, I just can't say enough about the guy. He's cocky, but he's he's it's a quiet cockiness to him. It's a confidence that it, it separates the the big loudmouths from, you know, the the true competitive athletes like Joe, Joe Burrow is. And I just, I cannot wait to see what this guy does in the NFL. I think being the hometown kid, he's going to turn around Cincinnati. And, I mean, he he, he made a Bengals fan out of me because, I mean, everybody knows he's going number one to the Bengals. And I just, I'm happy for the kid. Uh, I can't wait to see what he does. 
And for some reason, Harrison tends to disagree with that. I don't really know well, let's why. Let's hear it, Harry. Let's hear it. I'm. Take it. This sounds this sounds crazy, but I, I mean, I know he had every stat line in the world. I know he won the Heisman. I know he won the national championship. I'm not saying that the guy's not a good quarterback because that's just like an outlandish thing to say. I'm just saying that I just don't think he's going to be that great in the NFL. He just had he just set the record for most touchdown passes in a single season. Literally better that, than any about, college about, quarterback ever. Think about you are like a product of your environment, right? Like, not only did he have the best receiving core in the, in, in the nation, other than pro, like very you know close in competition with Alabama and Clemson, but he had. Like he obviously had a, a, a offensive coordinator, and just like the game planning that they had was outrageous. I mean, Justin Jefferson and uh, Jamar Chase, like, are I mean, you said it last night, are Odell and Jarvis, but debatably better. Could be better. Might be better. Um, those guys were dominant all season long, and yes, Joe, like he does have to make the passes. He does. He's a he's an accurate thrower. I just think like, you know, you go to a team like Cincinnati that just doesn't have the the same uh offensive line protection it doesn't have the same receiving core like honestly that lsu team probably would keep it pretty close with the cincinnati Bengals. (laughs) and i know that's always like a really ridiculous comparison to make as an nfl team would always beat a college team but like would they like without without an aj green with uh andy dalton who's like kind of just whatever now shit would beat the pants off of the miami dolphins well, no, man. No, no one beats Fitzpatrick or, or Fitzmatrick. Fitzmagic. Yeah. Jeez, it's been a long day. Well, um, what, I, what were your what were your overall thoughts, just in general, uh, reactions? Were you entertained? Did you get what you expected? More highlights, that kind of thing. My immediate reaction to the game was we finally saw a break in Trevor Lawrence after almost two years of perfect football. Trevor Lawrence played like dog shit. And a lot of that I'll commend to Coach O and that nasty LSU defense. But Trevor Lawrence was missing passes. At one point, I, I stopped keeping count. But there was a stat where he had 14 overthrown receivers. And so even if they are bringing pressure, even if you, you know, it's the national championship, you have to make plays at some point. And he really just, he didn't do that. And as soon as LSU, LSU went up by like 10 and all of a sudden, they got away from feeding Travis Etienne, which I thought was stupid. And it just, I don't know, it kind of seemed like Clemson kind of just caved. Like, it, it, it was the same thing that almost every other team faced with LSU all season, was that they just couldn't keep up with that offense. And I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't want to take away by any means from what LSU did, but it seemed like, after that first touchdown, Clemson scored to start the second half, and then they had a drive where it was like fourth and 23, and it, it just seemed like they, on every offensive drive, they were backed up and they were backed up, and there wasn't even an opportunity for them to to go for it or try and make a, sh- a fourth and short or anything like that. They were just deflated, demoralized, and yeah, they got got by Big Dick Joe. I will say that Travis Etienne is uh, is really a phenomenal talent to watch, and the guy I forget what the stats are. Um, maybe you guys know them, but his 
carry his 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 carry per yards after being hit uh, are amongst the highest in the league. The guy just is a fucking workhorse. He does not go down, and even though Clemson got dicked, he seemingly was coming up with what I saw as some pretty big plays. Um, but nonetheless, like Tom said, the di- the Tigers dicked down the Tigers. Dude, it's that's, incredible, that's man. That's incest, bro. You look at the LSU receiving stats. There was only – so Joe Burrow had five, 463 yards passing. There was only five different guys to catch a pass on the LSU team, that being – and Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson each had nine, 221 and 106 yards respectively. And then there was just Edwards Hilaire, who's the running back, Terrence Marshall Jr., who's like a young receiver, and Thaddeus Moss, who's their tight end. It means – I mean, it's, it's it's really, it's when you look at that stat line, it's pretty incredible. Like, you don't see that very often where it's just, like, only five guys are catching 463 yards passing. You usually see a little bit more spreading the ball around. Moss had a touchdown, right? He had yeah, two. He had a, yeah, he had two. Yeah, yeah. That was great. Watching Randy Moss go off in the fucking yeah. stands. I, I'll be interested yeah, pretty- to see how many players from these two teams get drafted in the first round. Over, under, like, seven. I don't know. I don't know Combined? who's. Yeah, I don't know who's like declared and and who hasn't. But you got to imagine. Aside from Burrow, you're getting both of those receivers. Thaddeus Moss is going. Um, not to mention their entire defensive secondary, except for uh, what I forget. It, it's like Stinger or something. They're fresh. They're freshman. Uh, Derek Stingley. He's a freshman. Stingley. He's a five star recruit. He's that nasty. kid had the best game of the night. I know Burrow did his thing. That kid stingily just shut down uh, T. Higgins, uh, Ross, whoever he was on, just ball hawk. That kid is a baller. Yeah, Jefferson Ch- was, Jefferson's was a was a two star recruit, wasn't he? Uh, I'm not sure. Or 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 Chase, one of them was. Jamar Jamar Chase is only a sophomore too. Yeah, I think he was a two star recruit, honestly. Which is freaking crazy to, now that we're talking about him going in the first round of the. Well, NFL he can't draft. he can't even go to the draft. No, I, I'm just like, yeah. I mean, he will alluding to it. What, yeah. What's it gonna yeah. do with all that money that OBJ threw him? Well, well so let's yeah. let's talk about that. I put that on here. I'd love to hear what your guys' thoughts and opinions are on whether or not the NCAA does anything about this. But for context, um, Odell Beckham, who was drunk as a motherfucking skunk, uh, was walking around the field just handing out wads of cash to players. Um, was on camera saying that he was going to sell Justin Jeffrey's cleats for $200,000. Justin Jeffrey smiling, grinning with a mean gold grill. Um, I'd love to hear from you guys and what you think, if anything, there are going to be. I mean, it's, I'm a little conflicted. It is like what he did in in the eyes of the NCAA is definitely not going to be, uh, it's not going to be looked at very, very in a very uh, it was in the white, eyes of the white manner. I mean, televised college event. Yeah, like that's kind of that. That's the the conflicting part is like the amount of money that these schools just made and these networks just made is kind of ridiculous when you think about the fact that those kids who just played fifteen games went undefeated, arguably one of the best teams of all time, aren't going to see a single dollar. Yeah, OB, like OBJ's is doing his part, giving back. I guess, but I you got to imagine the NCAA is going to be like, you have to give that money back. 
Yeah, I mean, at that point, it's like, oh, what money? I, I did give it back. When it, when you're dealing cash, it's it's easy to just swipe that under yeah. the hook. I mean, I guess you can just also say from OBJ's standpoint or JJ's standpoint that it was for publicity purposes. That that no money was actually exchanged. I mean, it's it's 2020. You can do anything with a camera and some editing. Yeah, that's true. I don't know, but the you know the point remains. Odell's a ridiculous person. I mean, I get it. Like, I'd be you know, it's his alma mater. He never won a championship when he was there. I'm sure he was super jacked up, as you saw. But it's also like goes to, that's that just goes to show like who Odell is and like why whatever team he goes to and whatever locker room you put him in, he can cause a problem because like there's gonna be a lot of guys in a locker room who are not gonna love the way that he acts. Yeah. And I think I figured out the uh, answer to our question, which is why Zeke was there. I believe that the two are lovers, and they were there enjoying <laughs> the game together. Oh. Yeah, that's really that's possible because Zeke's I mean, a Zeke is a weird ass dude. Weird dude, weird dude. He looked like a freaking character from Star Wars with that that hair. <laughs> like a I love like it. a Wookie. Like a Wookie. Yeah. Um, so can I can I take a little break here? I'd like to bring some uh, breaking news to the uh, the podcast here. Luke, break it. Luke Keekley has retired from the NFL at age twenty eight. Not wow. surprised. Wow. 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 Not yeah. surprised. Yeah. I got he, injury uh, problems, concussion problems. He was he's on the fast track for uh, ending up like Antonio Brown. Yeah, that sucks because he's like, such a little But, like, not. Guy. Like, he wouldn't actually get to that point. But, like, yeah, it's very sad. Like, he, uh, yeah, he had a lot of he had concussion problems pretty much every year. Yeah. Got to respect the, the greats for knowing when to call it and looking out for their health. So, Bon Voyage. Can a, guy like, can a guy like him still go to the Hall of Fame? Like, he was, when he was healthy, like, one of the most, I mean, he's not going to have, I guess, the stats or the longevity, but he was one of the most dominant and like well-respected linebackers of you know in the past decade for sure. It'll it'll be interesting because there's what like a four-year buffer period before you can get into the, the yeah. Hall I, think I think it's four or five years, something like that. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll resume in a few years, but yeah, I mean, just his character alone is enough to be mentioned with, like you said, with the greats of all time. So yeah, yeah. Good luck, Luke. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, let's move on to a group of individuals who needs. A lot of help and uh, that is not only just the MLB in general with this looming cheating scandal uh, but the Astros and the GM and their manager um, for those of you who don't know I will have Tom explain it in depth for you go ahead Thomas so yeah so everybody at this point should have heard of this cheating scandal where the Astros were stealing signs and relaying them in real time to the batters. And as a result, the Houston Astros in 2017 had the league's best offense, the league's best player and MVP in Jose Altuve. And, um, and, and they won a World Series. So literally couldn't have gone better. And it was almost too good to be true. And that's because they were stealing signs. Highly illegal. Um and as a result of that, uh, MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred and launched this whole investigation. And as a result, A.J. Hinch and Jeff uh, 
I think it's Lanou. That's how you pronounce it. GM Jeff Lanou of the Astros have been suspended for a year from Major League Baseball and were shortly fired from the Astros after that. And the Astros organization will be losing first and second round draft picks in 2020 and 2021, as well as paying a nice, hefty $5 million fine. So, you might which be asking... Is, which, which is not a lot of money to them. No. No, but it, it gets much worse. Um, that 2017 team had bench coach Alex Cora, who is now the manager for the Boston Red Sox. So, fast forward, the Red Sox were recently implicated in an additional cheating scandal of some sort. The investigation is still ongoing. Um, the investigation into the Astros team, however basically painted Cora as the mastermind and said, you know, more often than not, upper management and A.J. Hinch knew very little about what was going on. They had made blatant efforts to stop it, and yet Alex Cora continued, and he facilitated everything, and it's basically all his fault. And if you're, you know, keeping track with baseball, in 2018, Alex Cora, first-year manager of the Red Sox, took the Red Sox to the World Series and won a World Series. So he has now won two World Series while cheating. And uh, his punishment is coming. And it's a very, very dark time for the Red Sox because they have already agreed to mutually part ways with Cora, which is the Red Sox way of saying, look, we don't have time for all of this shit to iron itself out. Spring training starts in less than a month, and we need a guy up front. Uh, I think it just speaks volumes into what it, like the implications of what is to come for Alex Cora. I'm thinking at least two seasons. Uh, you got to think he's he's been doing this for at least two years. He'll get at least two years out of the league. And it sucks because cheating aside, he's a great guy. The players love him. The, the Red Sox fan base loves him. And he's only 44 years old. So it's tough because he's going to be suspended. It's going to be out of the league, and it's one of those things where now your name will always have an asterisk next to it, and there's there's really no coming back from it. I just don't see how he's ever going to be managing or, or coaching ever again. It's just the the nature of, of cheating in professional sports. You're just going to be mm-hmm. tainted forever, just like Barry Bonds, just like Pete Rose. Like They're, they're just going to go down as one of the most notorious guys in history you, despite at the all end of his the success day, there are a whole handful of athletes similar to them that have done just as much or equal to and that didn't cheat um and i am not being biased because i hate the red Sox or the fact that the astros took the world series from the yankees but at the end of the day this is uh it's a pretty serious situation. I think you mentioned it earlier. You know, Pete Rose got a lifelong ban from baseball. I mean, he's not. And that was for betting on him, like just for betting on himself. There's no competitive advantage to put to betting on games that you're playing in. Like you're, you're still, you know, there's nothing you can do to to know what pitch is coming or there's just no competitive advantage. Like it's like, yeah, I guess it's wrong, but. And, and we had a, a situation where Tom, you mentioned it verbatim, you know, derailed a lot of individuals' careers. People lost jobs because of it. World Series were lost because of it. And I think a firing and a suspension for a year 
is uh is bullshit i think it's a little light i mean like i said there are the the repercussions of it where these guys will probably never never get back to the the manager position again eventually in time they'll probably find a bench coach job or you know some some management job for another team elsewhere but i mean yeah it's it's deserved and it pains me to say it because i love core too but he fucked up and now he's going to pay the price and it's it sucks especially for the red sox because you have to imagine that they are also going to get fined draft picks and and money and while money's not a big deal the red sox farm system right now is dog shit and the last thing we need to do is be giving up our best prospects for the next two years so this is horrible for the Red Sox, and when you're talking about a team that's trying to rebuild and retain elite talent like Mookie Betts, like Mookie's through, he signed through this year, and then there's no way in hell he's going to stick around anymore. He's not going to want to be a mm-hmm. part of this like sanctioned, uh, you know, frowned upon team. It's just, uh, it, it's unfortunate, and I'm I'm worried that despite all of our talent. And the players we do have, we can still be competitive, but nobody's gonna want to play here. It's gonna reflect it's on the or it's gonna reflect on the field, and it's it might be a dark couple of years for the Boston Red Sox. Could be looking another hundred year drought for the <laughs> Boston Red Sox. <laughs> that would that would be most excellent. Um, the Cora curse. Can't you wait. know what? You know what's at the end of the day though, like all these punishments are handed out. You see all the reaction from the MLB players on. Uh, players managers whatever past players things like that showing that like they also think that the punishments are light but you know what this is really it's another chapter of cheating in mlb history which is you know a book now that that spans the entire heavily length of the of the mlb history like cheating has always been a part of the game trying to find ways between steroids and corking bats and uh throwing games you know the the old uh chicago white Sox thing where they had the mob like told him to throw the game kind of thing whatever it was Good um cheating cheating in, in baseball has gone on forever and it will continue to go on you know and, and just people are going to keep find, trying to find loopholes ways to just get competitive advantages and and we'll keep you know until the next thing right like it's like i said just another chapter in, in mlb history at this point so you're signing off on cheating you like it no, it's just like my point being is that it's it's inevitable. People are always going to try to do it, um, in in baseball especially, but it really happens in every sport. It happens um, in life. It happens in life. You know, there's the the classic uh, the classic saying: if you're not cheating, you're not trying. And here we are. Here we are. I hope Corey uses that in his defense. When, yeah. Whenever seriously. whenever his appeal comes comes along. <laughs> Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and wrap up the MLB and talk a little NFL championship weekend preview and picks here. Uh, we've got some good stuff. Two major matchups. Um, we're going to talk to you about our picks, what we like and what we expect, and we'll go from there. So um, first matchup this weekend, Titans versus Chiefs. Harry, who are you liking? Um, excuse me. Uh, Sorry, I'm, I'm are going we boring to... you? Yeah, you guys are terribly boring. Um, I'm going with the Chiefs. I, I, I'm very impressed with what the Titans have been able to do, beating the the Ravens, beating the Patriots. However, I I just think the the high octane offense of the 
Kansas City Chiefs is going to be a little bit too much. Um, playing an arrowhead is never an easy thing. As we know, we saw them get off to a very, very slow start. We'll just attribute that to, to a little bit of rust uh, having the week off um, against the Texans. And you saw what their offense can do. You know, 50, 51 points, uh, pretty much scoring at will after they went down 21 nothing, And... And I just think that they're going to be able to do the same. You know, not to say that the Titans' defense is better than the Texans. Don't get me wrong. I just think that uh, that the Titans' offense isn't going to be able to hang. I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. But I think at the end of the day, I think Patrick Mahomes um, and company are going to be able to put up enough points to uh, to keep them off their heels. Lasagna, what are you thinking? I'm thinking I'm done betting against the Tennessee Titans. They've knocked off two, probably the two best teams in the AFC, and now they're gunning for the Chiefs. And I'm seeing uh, Chiefs are seven and a half point favorites, and I will be taking Tennessee on the sole basis of what their defense was able to do to Lamar Jackson last week. And I, I agree that it could get ugly quick, and the Chiefs can score at will. I think the Chiefs are an even better, more prolific offense at full strength than the Baltimore Ravens are. But I think that Mike Vrabel has this Tennessee team just playing, you know, above and beyond any expectations or what, you know, what they used to be in the regular season. Like, it's playoff football. And when it comes down to it, Derrick Henry's going to run for another 200 yards and he's going to keep Patrick Mahomes off the field and you know that like you said that titans defense is no joke either they are you know they're disciplined they contain lamar jackson which is something that nobody's been able to do and i just i don't know i i'm rolling with the titans like why why stop now yeah i um i'm gonna go ahead and agree with you harry i think you make some solid points uh you know 51 points hanging in a playoff game is not not an easy task and they made it look like it was and they did it in pretty much in three quarters yeah and they made it look like it was well, it you know putting yeah. together it's a peanut butter true. and jelly sandwich um however i really really am liking the momentum that the titans are riding on right now as you highlighted a victory against two of probably the stronger teams in the nfl um you know they're they're, they're riding their high horse and i think that the chiefs are going to be going up against a team that's a much more difficult opponent than Texas. And um, I'm not saying they're not prepared, but I think that they need to uh, have a different kind of mindset going into this game after blowing the Texans out by 51 points. But let's um, let's go ahead and talk about this other matchup we've got going this weekend. We've got the Packers versus the 49ers. And I'll turn it over to Lasagna to start us off here with his pick. Well, on the heels of what I was just saying about the Titans, I think it's about time I start taking this 49ers team seriously too. They are as you know, as advertised, and their running game, which everybody somehow continues to overlook because they don't have the flashy back um, between, you know, Tevin Coleman and Raheem Mostert. They just pound the football, and I love to see it. I love that style of football, and they're at home, so you always got to take that into consideration. Uh, they're also seven and a half point favorites, which is I think is a massive spread against the Packers. 
but I really didn't like what I saw last week out of the Packers against a Seattle team that they should have really blown out. And we were talking about how Seattle had their shortcomings in the run game, and they really don't have anybody, any real receivers outside of Tyler Lockett. Yes, DK Metcalf is a, he's a great rookie, but Seattle almost won that game. And now they got to, you know, the Packers have to pack up and, and travel to San Fran. I will be taking the 49ers. I think uh, the Packers kind of just fizzled out. And it seems like, uh, what's his name, Matt LaFleur? Uh, it's, it seems like he, he's not, he, he can't adjust in game. Like in the first half, yeah, the Packers blew, I think it was like 21 to three or something at halftime. And, and then the Packers offense in the second half just kind of fizzled out. They couldn't get anything going. And I think a lot of that is on Matt LaFleur and I don't trust him. I like what Kyle Shanahan's done with this team. And I think the 49ers cover seven and a half and they will be headed to the Super Bowl. Harry, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I, I'm I'm on the 49ers as well. Um, for every point that Tom said, uh, the ground and pound game works very well, and they do it to the point where, uh, or they do it until they're able to open it up uh, through the air, and, and it's a perfect balance uh, for an offense. Uh, I think Kyle Shanahan is a better football mind than Matt Lafleur, and not to mention uh, Debo Samuel is a superstar in the making. That guy looks like everything and more they want out of receiver they can do use them on jet sweeps put them in the slot put them out wide uh he's really a, a swiss army knife for that offense um and is able to really stretch the field when they need it and then on top of that they they're the best defense that's left in the playoffs right now hands down uh, that defense you know nick bosa is is unbelievable that guy is an absolute tank um and then in the you know the, they got a solid secondary, uh, but their their all their defensive line is really what wreaks havoc throughout the game, and and uh, I think they're going to be able to wreak havoc on on Aaron Rodgers, make him very uncomfortable back in the pocket, and it's going to be kind of hard to get the ball to Devontae Adams when when you don't have much time and you've got you know a, a very stout defensive line just bearing down on you every play. So um, I'm with Tom, 49ers minus seven and a half. Yeah, the, right. the Richard Sherman, Devontae Adams matchup is going to be one to watch for sure. That's going to be exciting. Yep. Well, I will play devil's advocate here and just throw out the Packers. I think that one of the key things that you're missing, regardless of the defense, is that Aaron Rodgers has been there, done that. He, figure out, he figures out a way to get it done. I know it wasn't beautiful against Seattle, but a win's a win. Um, and I think that he has the confidence and the experience. Um, and, you know, I think it really will take a, a master performance from the 49ers defense um, because even when he's in pressure or under pressure and in the pocket, he still manages to sling the fucking football. So I expect a good matchup. I'm hoping the Packers come out victorious, but um, we'll see how it, uh, how it turns out. And um, just to give you a quick update, we will keep you guys in the loop all the way up until the Super Bowl on thoughts and opinions. Um, we've got the Pro Bowl. Not really much to talk about there. Sick. But, yeah, sick. Um, but something to at least keep us fairly entertained until the Super Bowl. Um, but more importantly, 
even though it's playoff football, there is a massive event that needs to be watched this weekend. It's got me hot in the pants, and that's UFC 246. Ladies and gentlemen, the GOAT is back. It is official. Connor Notorious McGregor will face off against Donald Cowboy Cerrone in UFC 246 for what I imagine to be an absolutely spectacular just fucking bash up gladiator style they should they should let them uh, fight with weapons dude uh, this is i mean i've been waiting for this you guys know how big of a fan i am of mcgregor um i've been i've been waiting for this for two years you know following him consistently through those that two-year absence where all he seemed to do was really get in trouble and and punching people and uh, smashing phones and buses and all that crap uh it's good to see him back healthy refocused recommitted to the game i'm and it's tough too because i I think cowboy is such an awesome dude too so it's really hard but to really like you know it's hard to like root again i'm not really rooting against cowboy i'm just rooting for connor to actually show up and like look like he used to and and i think that's the biggest question mark for everybody is like is you know how rusty is he really going to be well i'm i'm beyond excited for this matchup because like you said connor for the first time, I think, in a very long time, has talked a lot about his health and how he's made it a prioritization and how he spent a whole bunch of money on cars and booze and women and all of these good things, but not his health. Um, I think he even took a, picture, a book out of, or a chapter out of LeBron's book and said LeBron spends $1.5 million on his health and he spent $0 that year on his health. Um, so I think he's in a good place mentally. I think he's in a good place physically. But with that being said, he's a bullish fighter. There's nothing that Cerrone gets off to more than somebody that's bullish that comes towards him. He can spar. He can box. He can kickbox. He can wrestle. He can grapple. I mean, the guy is a master of many trades. And he has mentioned the fact that he does not want to take McGregor to the ground. He said, this is an opportunity to go against, you know, one of the heaviest blow for blow fighters in the UFC. And he wants to know what it's like to be punched in the face by him. Yeah. See my, my take on that is that is just Cerrone blowing smoke. Uh, Cerrone has four inches on McGregor. That's not, you know, insignificant. And if he doesn't use that to his advantage, then he's just a, I don't think he's that dumb of a fighter. I don't think he wants to take the risk. He knows the power that McGregor has in his in those hands. He knows that he's one punch from being lights out. Like we've seen McGregor do it before, and I think it's just Cerrone, you know, kind of uh, wave, waving the red flag at at McGregor, hoping that Connor comes out trying to do all these things, and he'll just play it safe and then catch McGregor when he's maybe a little winded, because like we had mentioned. He's been out of the game for a little bit. So you're saying this is psychological warfare. You're saying 100%. that he wants McGregor to assume that he's not going to the ground, and the second that McGregor comes in hauling ass, he's going straight to the mat. Yes. Oh, yeah. When their press, I think their press conference is tomorrow night at uh, 5 p.m., so I would I would expect a lot of shouting, a lot of antics. Um, I, there's, I think there's a degree of mutual respect between these two which is something that you haven't quite really seen in McGregor's last few fights. It's just been, honestly, pure hatred. And so I think that will play into it a bit, but I think it's going to be Connor calling his shots. I think it's going to be 
Cerrone being like, yeah, and then what, and then what. And uh, I expect Cerrone to kind of just keep his distance. And it's it's only a three fight or a three round fight, right? It's not like a five. Oh, it's five. Five round. It's five rounds. Main main. Uh, it's a fight or main, it's a main card. Main fight. Main event. All right. Well. Main event. Thank you. I don't know if it'll go five, but I'm. I'm pulling for, for Tom for, for, for perspective. Vegas has the over under in rounds at one point five. Oh, okay. I'm taking the over. That's easy. It's Dude, gonna, I think it's gonna the the first round I think is gonna be a snooze fest and then we'll see what happens from there. But I mean, I'll, I would here's love to take that one point yeah, five. I have a I have a couple of thoughts on that as well. The reason being, we've seen Connor fight at one seventy before. He's not the longer that fight goes, the more winded he's gonna get. The heavier those arms are gonna get. Um, he wants to finish this thing as early as humanly possible. I, so the reason I'm just kind of following the way Vegas is telling the story based on how they've got the the betting set up. It's over one and a half rounds, over under one and a half rounds, um, and McGregor's a minus three thirty favorite. So in my mind, I think Vegas is thinking Connor's going to sleep him in the first round. Yeah, I mean that that's a a fair assumption based on what Vegas is is putting out there, which is I think which is exactly why I'm fading it. That's that's I think that's so aggressive though. I mean, the guy has not fought in years. Granted, he's been training. He's been focusing on his mental health. Hasn't been boozing. Hasn't been boozing. But like Donald Cerrone has been fighting every single day since then, and is probably fighting homeless people right now just for fun. Um, and and quite frankly, it's McGregor's fight to lose. You know, this is his coming back party. And uh, I agree with you. His interview, he he talks about how much respect he has for Cerrone. This is why he wanted to have this fight. They have a lot of similar ideals and views on the world, and they're both family men. And so I I think it's going to be a strong fight. But um, I don't know. I um I usually am more keen on leaning towards McGregor because he's got a bunch of videos leading up to the fight. But I haven't really seen anything that I've been wildly impressed by. I I like what he's saying off camera. I like where he is in a mental place. But we'll see how that uh. That not fares. not not to mention, and I know this is like not a part of the fight game. At least I I like to think it's not. But McGregor losing is pretty bad for business. Yeah, and if you because at- if he loses, his popularity goes down. Like people's interest in watching him fight goes down. Um, I would say if ultimate... he loses, his career is over. I, I, maybe, like not, yeah. Not, not over. Like, he'll still probably fight, but I don't think that – I mean, you know, you're 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 potentially looking at a Ronda Rousey situation. Yeah, and we're – I don't think it's going to be like that, though. I don't think it's going to be that type of drop-off. Ronda, like, was embarrassed in that Holly Holm well, I mean, fight, got, and, and that got... really – proper whiskey and he's got all these things that he's propped himself up on from his career and his time off so i agree with that like he'll still stay relevant in the news but um i just don't know if he'll get as many fights if if people are going to want to fight him you know if people that people being the ufc want to continue to like take a risk on him i will say that uh cerrone's last two fights have been against tony ferguson which was a second round TKO and Justin Gaethje, which was a first round KO. So if McGregor doesn't win this fight, 
then there's going to be serious implications as to really what he does next. I don't know what his fight contract looks like, but if he's he losing to Cerrone, five. who just got his sorry ass beat by two of the you know two of the top guys in the weight class, there really isn't any room for McGregor to lose this fight. So yeah. while I do agree he's going to win, I, I don't know if it's going to be a first-round KO. I will gladly take that over one and a half rounds. Well, excited nonetheless. We will keep you guys posted as the fight goes on. Um, Harry, are you watching? Are you buying? What are you doing? Uh, I am I was just talking to our good friend Corey Schmoller about this. Um, we were thinking about going to a bar to watch it, but then I'm also pretty partial to actually being able to hear the announcers and the fight and all that and watching some of the prelims. Um, so I think I'm going to be buying the fight and watching it on a couch somewhere. It's a lot nice. che- a much cheaper option as well. Yeah. If you want to save sure. a couple bucks, you can find a online stream, which is what Daddy yeah, will but the, be doing. The, stream, uh, the streams are, are, they're not sketchy, but like they never really work out. I feel out like you're always you behind. They have, yeah, you are. They have been a little sketch ever since uh, the UFC transferred to ESPN+. Plus. When they were their own yeah. thing, that show was like crystal clear. Now... The whole ESPN Plus loophole, that's a bit of an issue. Fucking Disney. Um, All right. (laughs) Well, let's go ahead and wrap things up here. Buzzer beaters to close this out. Harry, what do you got for us? Um, I don't really have much. I think the – I've got some breaking news that's pretty interesting. Um, The Duke Blue Devils, number three in the country, just went down to the Clemson Tigers, who were six and seven. Uh, They lost 72 to 79. Pretty interesting season in college basketball this year. It uh, doesn't really seem like anyone wants to be in in the top five. Whenever you do get to the top five or top three, you tend to you tend to lose. Um, but interesting nonetheless. Definitely a big loss for for Duke. They'll be fine, you know, all things considered. But um, actually, I take that back. Clemson's nine and seven. They were eight and seven. I misread it. But still, bad loss for Duke. Good win for Clemson though. Tom, what do you got for us? So just this afternoon, the PGA announced that there will be a new pace of play rule assessed coming up this year, starting with the RBC Heritage Open, where I don't know exactly how they're going to measure this or how it's really going to work. But essentially, if you're, if you're playing behind the pace that they're expecting you, you'll get warned. And if you don't speed it up, you will be assessed a one-stroke penalty. And I think if you know, as you continue to play slow, you'll be assessed more strokes. So it'll be very interesting to see what dictates the pace that they're expecting. And uh, all, all it's going to take is the the first tournament where this extra stroke costs somebody uh, the the tournament, and it's all going to blow up. But I think it's good for golf. I think it's it's something similar to baseball, where it's it, it's just too slow and you've heard you know we've discussed it so i won't get into it but there's this x amount of players that agree with it there are the few little I, dickheads that cry about it but i like, think it is i think it is something to like quickly discuss that's interesting because i think they're doing this to cater to audiences and they don't give a shit about the athlete i think at the end of the day golf has always been associated with a slow pace i mean this is a game yeah. that requires a lot of mental capacity focus attention and so to say 
hey, you yeah. got to speed your shit up so that people that are watching are, are more inclined to, you know, pay to watch it. I just I just think if you're unless you're putting, how much time do you really need to read a shot? Like your caddy knows Harrison every inch of the course. You know the course. Yeah, I, um, it's tough, man. It's I, I'm not. I don't particularly care for slow play, but I'm also not a professional golfer. Um, when there's money on the line and and a lot of money on the line, and in most cases, um, you know, there's purses are anywhere from like seven to twenty million dollars. Yeah, like the pressures, the pressures different. Like it's it's something that's really uh, you're not able to put yourself in that. You know, even if I were to play like an amateur tournament, you're still not in that same mindset that like this is your livelihood, and every shot matters, and and so it's really tough. But I do understand the side of it. Um, you know, from a viewership standpoint, that they do need to speed the game up. I think it's going to be good for golf. I think, you know, I think players should be able to. You know, they're all ridiculously good at golf and so they don't need to you know know exactly which way like a blade of grass is bent to to hit the right shot you know they it's some guys definitely use it to their advantage to be able to take as long as they need and and uh i'm i'm glad that they're going to be at least addressing that situation yeah i mean i i think it's the good it's a good groundwork but like you said tom if it comes down to someone going neck and neck on the 18 of Augusta and you have someone telling you you got to hurry up and you get a stroke for it. I mean, not to mention when someone does say that it, it can really mess with your psyche. That's what and, I'm saying. And, and like you said yourself, like ment- the, the focus needed for golf and the mental capacity you need to be able to like, you know, deal with the crowds and the noise and the, and the pressure of the tournament itself. Like, Having someone be like, "Hey, like you're on the clock. You got 30 seconds to hit your shot." Yeah, that pr- that pressure would suck. Like, I'll be Fair the first enough. to say, like that would not be fun. Yeah, no. Well, it's interesting. We'll see how it pans out. But um, thank you, fine people, as always, for joining us tonight. If you're not already, make sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram. Plenty of good stuff <clears throat> to keep you entertained and educated. Additionally please make sure to check out the link in our bio, subscribe both on iTunes and or Spotify so that you can stay up to date on our weekly released episodes. Was an absolute pleasure and a blast to play us out here tonight. Coming up January 17th, Mac Miller's posthumous. Is that how you pronounce that? Posthumous. Posthumous. Possums. Possums. Um, Mac Miller's Possum album coming out January 17th Circles uh, which is a follow up to Swimming so we are going to play a single that was released good news enjoy we out Wait it folks I spent the whole day in my head do a little spring cleaning I'm always too busy dreaming Maybe I should wake up instead A lot of things I regret But I just say I forget Why can't it just be easy? Why does everybody need me to stay? Oh, I hate the feeling When you're high but you're underneath the ceiling Got the cards in my hand, I hate dealing Yeah Get everything I need and I'm Can I get a break? I wish that I could just get 
That my goddamn way What is there to say? There ain't a better time than today Problem with a girl. 